Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to Spouse Buzz Talk Radio. I'm Andy with SpouseBuzz.com. And my co-host this evening is Ginger, also known as G-Bear at SpouseBuzz.com. Ginger, how are you this evening? Hi, Andy. I'm okay. I was just thinking we're a perfect pair to do this show tonight because, um, for one thing, I have been sick with the flu for the for the past week. I'm just now, at, I think, at the, at the uh, tail end of my recovery, and you've been in bed with a bad back, right? I know, I know. We're the perfect show to do a medical show. <laughs> You're probably going to fall asleep during the show, and I'm going to have a coughing, wheezing, hacking fit or something like that. What better, what better backdrop for a TRICARE show? Oh, jeez. And I'm hoping that everyone can hear us. Yes, okay, in the chat room, Tripoli says she can hear us. Um, we were getting messages from Blog Talk Radio that um, – we were delayed that they were they were having trouble with their um, audio uh, server, so I, I was hoping they would get that straightened out, and it looks like they have. But the other reason, uh, Ginger, we're perfect to do this show is because you couldn't find two people with um, more opposite experiences with TRICARE because I don't have little kiddos. It's just me. I really go to the doctor once every year or two just for my annual checkup things and then you've got the three kids and certainly with Mike you've had extensive experience with TRICARE. I've never had any problem whatsoever. Yeah, it's true. It's it's interesting too because um, I have sort of both ends of the spectrum of, you know, Steph and I are kind of getting close to that retirement age but then you also got kids but we've both seen the wounded troops that are coming back and had experience with um, with the guys and their families and how they try to to get through the whole Tricare system and the medical you know military medical care and all that. So I think really you're right. We do bring a lot to the to the table. Uh, yeah, or in my case, not much. <laughs> but you <laughs> but have no, the you're right. We with have the wounded troops, Andy. You yeah. know, so that 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 means a lot too, especially nowadays. Yeah. Yes, they definitely. Uh, they definitely have been uh, um, have seen the system inside and out. That's for sure. So, are you feeling better? I am. I, I, you know, it's been a rough couple of days, and especially, of course, with you know my husband being gone, it it makes it even a little tougher. He's stateside TDY, but it's still, you know, the he left. He's not the there. Microwave went. The oven went. The toilet <laughs> went. The back went. <laughs> I hope you wouldn't expect it any other way. Yeah, that's the way. I know it's like standard operating procedure, you know, in Dad's TDY. So, yeah. Well, you you sound great. I still feel like my head is um, about twenty pounds, and like there's this big echo chamber going around in there. So that's totally the the Percocet talking, though. (sighs) I think you might need to send some this way. (laughs) I've taken all over the counter stuff and. um, it it appears to be um i'm 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 hoping by sunday i will sound normal and my head will feel normal and this will be a distant memory but boy this one really really left me i i don't do still very well as you know and i i actually had to just lay in the bed and recover for a while it was uh, well, nasty everybody had so much comfort was like go home lay down get some rest you won't get better if you're here so I know it's hard to sit still. It is. It is, but you know, you when you're when you're in that much pain, you know, you know it's the best thing to do. So yeah. I just I gra- yeah. I put my laptop in bed with me and my phone, so and I. I would go to sleep. And then when I would wake up, check email, check voicemail, roll back over and go to sleep. So that was a big compromise for me. The other thing, you know, I have to, and I've mentioned this to you several times. I was reading through um, the bio today. Of, of the general, and I am so excited that he's a hemat guy. That would be cancer related specialty. I don't Which know if you've had lots of experience, not, but I know we can. I can. We can speak the same uh, the same language of uh, of chemo. So I'm very excited. Yeah, he has a very impressive background, and and um, I'm I'm 
very impressed that he actually takes some time to speak to our audience. I think that's incredibly yeah, impressive. He really does say a lot. I well, know I it had, means a I had, lot. I asked a lot of people um, in getting ready for the show tonight, because as you know, I don't do these very often, and I'm stepping out of that comfort zone for that New Year's resolution to Good do more you. of this kind of stuff. I know. Yay, me. And... Um, <laughs> And I was so I was doing research, and, and I kind of did like a man on the street since I was at the hospital pretty much every day over the last two weeks between Mike and Sean and me and everybody. Um, I asked people in waiting rooms. I said, hey, I, I have an opportunity to interview Major General Granger, and, and what would you ask him if you wanted to? And I got a lot of questions. I was very, um, very pleased with people. But one of the biggest things, they're like, really? I said, yeah, I know. Isn't that neat? But they were just very impressed with his willingness to to come and speak to us on Spouse Bus. So yeah, um, I think not only did I get to talk about us, but also about uh, how amazing I think that is that he's willing to take this time and how appreciative that everybody was that he would do that. So I totally agree. And speaking of uh, General Granger, General Granger and Francine will be on the line with us here momentarily. So let me just take a moment and uh, read a little bit of their bios to give you some background on our guests this evening. And again, I will apologize up front if I have a coughing or sneezing fit. Um, but uh, Major General Granger is a Deputy Director and Program Executive Officer of the TRICARE Management Activity Office of the Assistant Secretary of Defense for Health Affairs. He serves as a principal advisor to the Assistant Secretary of Defense, Health Affairs on DOD Health Policy and Performance. He oversees the acquisition, operation, and integration of DOD's managed care program within the military health system. Uh, General Granger leads a staff of 185 people in planning, budgeting, and executing an $18 billion, that is with a B, dollar defense health program and ensuring the effective and efficient provision of high-quality, accessible health care for 9.2 million uniformed service members, families, retirees, and others worldwide. And Francine Forstall is the Director of the TRICARE Management Activity Customer Communications Division. She served in this position for two and a half years and has worked in the customer service realm for six Francine served as an Army Nurse Corps officer for 23 years, and her specialty was pediatrics, clinical quality improvement, and regional operations. Francine is committed to serving the members of the uniformed service and their families by promoting TRICARE education and customer service assistance. And before we get to our guests, I just want to tell you what the format of tonight's show is going to be. It's quite different. Normally, we're pretty relaxed, and it's just conversational, but uh, we have a lot of things we want to get to, so this is more of a structured program. But we're going to open it up and let General Granger speak to us for a few minutes. And then Francine is going to read um, read some of the questions that you have submitted over the past month and a half, both uh, over email and um, the blog comment section. And so she's going to take a few minutes and answer those questions. And then, uh, time permitting, we will um, just open it up and take your phone calls and your questions for uh, Francine and General Granger. And we have one of our guests on the line. I'm not quite sure if it's General Granger or Francine. Hi. Welcome to Spouse Buzz Talk Radio. Hello. This is Francine. Hi, Francine. It's Andy. Hi, Welcome. Francine. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. Well, we're happy to have you, and we're just waiting for uh, General Granger to join us. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. He hasn't, he hasn't joined us yet. So, um, Francine, uh, while we're waiting, um, mm-hmm. thank you very much for uh, giving us the opportunity to speak directly to your office about these uh, TRICARE issues, which, as you know, sometimes are um, are a bit confusing and, and, <laughs> and hard to maneuver for some people, but we really appreciate uh, you taking the time to talk with us this evening. Oh, no, I'm very honored and excited to be here because the more we can help people understand their TRICARE benefit, the better it works for everyone. So, no, this is a great opportunity, and I'm glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me. No, we're we're happy to have you. And, uh, Francine, could you go ahead? Do you want to go ahead and give out the uh, website address for people? Right. Right. Um, In looking at some of the questions that were submitted on the blog, basically I identified that there is an opportunity for some of those questions to be answered or for people to get assistance on getting answers by going to our TRICARE website. And maybe some of you haven't been there lately, but we've kind of tailored it that when you come into the website, which is www.tricare.mil, 
www.tricare.mil, and then you go slash my benefit. Um, what we've done recently is revise how people can search in that website. And if you go in and you can go in as an active duty member, or you can go in as a guard or reserve member who's not been activated, or you can go in as somebody who is dual eligible for Medicare. And now when you answer questions about your profile, where do you live, what category of beneficiary are you in, you actually get answers more tailored to your unique circumstances. So rather than having to read a lot of content, you're really able to pick up on something specific for you based on your particular category, status, whatever you want to call that. So again, it's www.tricare.mil slash mybenefit. That's wow, great. That's, 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 that's excellent, that. you know, that it, that it whittles down a lot of fields. And people, mm-hmm. uh, people you, you, you know this, I know you know this, but it's, uh, you know, go around, if you have questions, go around and poke on the site first and see if you can find the questions there, um, I mean, the answers to your questions there. That's, you know, that's the place that you should start above all else. And while we're waiting for General Granger, do you, is it, are there any new announcements or anything that you might want to share with us that would be, you know, that we might be interested in knowing any changes or whatever? Well, I don't want to necessarily take any thunder away from him, I guess, so okay. because I, okay. I kind of anticipated he was going to cover that sort of material. Okay. okay. All right. But I would, um, if you want to pass the time, I'm ready to start answering some of those questions and then let him interject at any time that he's on the line. Sure, we can do it that way. We can okay. let you go ahead, and uh, I'll just alert you when he's on the line, and we'll okay. we'll pick it up from there. All right, because that way I figured we can just cover a little bit more information sure. and details. And um, one of the very first questions that came in was from Alex, where she says that her husband and she were married about two years ago and that she's in Deers, but she doesn't have a doctor or a card or any idea of what to do. And, and just as we had indicated, the best thing for her is really to go into that TRICARE website and put in her information, because I don't know if she's the wife of a full-time active duty or if she's the wife of a Guard or Reserve member, and that really does make a difference in the answer. But when she goes into that website and puts in her profile, she will get contact information in regards to who is her regional contractor, or if she wants to look at the dental benefit, she can do that. She can review the pharmacy program. She can actually um, look at enrollment information and be able to get an enrollment form. So I think she needs to start there. The other thing is if she does live near a military treatment facility, most of our military treatment facilities have what we call TRICARE service centers. And in that TRICARE service center, she can go in and sit down with a um, beneficiary representative, and they will go through the TRICARE benefit, and they can kind of discuss options for her, and they can help her complete an enrollment. So she needs to make sure she takes advantage of that if she is near a military treatment facility and eligible for TRICARE at this particular point in time. So that was a great question I thought to start off with because truly going onto the website, you're going to get the most current information. If anything changes or a new program comes up or anything about a particular program changes, our website is really the most current place to go. Then um, the next one came in from Heather, and she actually asked two questions, but I'm going to take one of hers first and then deal with the other one a little bit later on. She says, does TRICARE coverage in the day my hubby comes off of active duty, or is there a grace period for time between jobs? And there was also email that came in that read, my husband just got out of the military last week. Is there any grace period that we are covered through TRICARE? Well, there really isn't one answer to that particular question. I'm going to run through like three scenarios, because a lot of it will depend upon what was your sponsor status at the time he or she separated from the military. Now, in the first instance, um, some family members may, and this is more true for guard and reserve than it is for full-time active duty, qualify for what we call our Transitional Assistance Management Program. And what this is, is it's 180 days of TRICARE coverage as someone transitions from the military to civilian coverage. But in order to qualify for this 180-day, six months of coverage, the sponsor has to do has to meet one of four qualifying conditions. Now, the first condition is, and they don't have to meet all four of them, but one of them. The first one is, is that they were involuntarily separated from active duty. It's not that they chose to get out, but basically the service said, we you know, no longer require your services. The second situation is, if they were a member of the Guard or Reserve 
and the sponsor served on active duty for greater than 30 days in support of a contingency. The third situation, if it's an active duty member, Guard or Reserve member, who was extended, not of their own accord, but because of stop-loss orders, and it's kind of like when the military says, we can't afford to lose you, we're not going to let you, you know, separate now, even though this was your separation date. Um, they qualify as well as anybody that agreed to stay on active duty beyond their separation date. Those four categories of sponsors, their family, they themselves and their families qualify for our Transitional Assistance Management Program. Now, under the Transitional Assistance Management Program, people can be TRICARE Prime or they can be standard. However, if they were prime before they got out, they have to re-enroll in prime because during TAMP, they're really not active duty anymore, they're really not a retiree yet, but we consider during this period we're going to treat them as active duty, but because they really are no longer active duty, they do have to complete another enrollment form. And any active duty family that was covered under TRICARE Prime Remote, which is our managed care-like benefit if you live far from an MTF, they don't qualify for Prime Remote um, once the sponsor separates from service because by law, TRICARE Prime Remote is only for active duty family members. So that's the first scenario. Then you have the active duty who choose to get out. They might have put in four years of service and they just say, I don't want to be in active, any, active duty service anymore. And for them, we have a benefit called um, the Continuing Health Benefit Program. And what it is, it's a premium-based program that by law again, requires us to offer health care coverage to anybody that loses TRICARE eligibility. And what it is is, again, it's a transitional program from the time you've separated from the military until you get civilian coverage. And what it basically does is that you have to apply within 60 days of losing. You have to apply for this benefit, and it is premium-based because you really don't qualify for TRICARE anymore. You really no longer have a connection to a service. And what it is is um, you can have coverage for 18 months for service members and their families can have purchased 18 months of coverage. And other people, and I hate to say this, but for some spouses, if um, it ends up that due to deployments or the military lifestyle, a couple gets divorced, if you're the spouse and get divorced and though your husband or, for example, your husband, even though I know it could be a wife, continues on active duty, and you no longer qualify because you're no longer married to this individual, you can also purchase continuing health care benefits for up to 36 months. Oh. Now, there is a cost that goes along with this. Right. And right now the premium is $933 a quarter if you're an individual and $1,996 if you're a family. And I know that sounds like a lot of money. But you have to think about the other scenario is that if you don't purchase continuing health care benefit coverage, even though you may need it, and you don't have any kind of health care coverage and you're in a major accident, you're going to assume responsibility for a full hospital bill. So you have to kind of weigh the pros and cons of, do I take the risk and not go with any kind of health care coverage, or do I purchase continuing health care benefit coverage and pay some out of pocket? We'll have to pay some co-pays and cost shares if the bill comes in, but I'm not responsible for the entire hospital bill. So that's more. Go ahead. Uh, on the same kind of note, can you talk a little bit to um, the TRICARE for Life for people who have uh, children who may develop a disease or something and then they get to that age of 22 and or they 18 and they don't decide to go to college but they have a medical issue. Mm -hmm. This was brought up at a, at a conference I was at last fall and it was something I didn't know about. Mm -hmm. um, that you can purchase this continuing health care benefit for children as well. Can you address that a little bit? Mm -hmm. They also do, uh, as you would indicate, they also um, do, re do do that. But sometimes you also have to look at for children that are um, disabled. There are some conditions that will not allow that child to ever be able to function on their own and will always be responsible or dependent upon the member and their family. And in that particular instance, the family has to apply through the service and if the service determines that there will always be a dependency status for that child, as long as that sponsor and that child still meet eligibility requirements for TRICARE, that child can continue beyond age 21 or 23. Um, TRICARE eligibility for most family members' children 
does end at age 21, as you indicated, or 23 if they're a full-time student and reliant on their parents for 50% of their financial income. But there are some children, as you would indicate, um, severely disabled who are not able to function on their own and are totally reliant on their parents. But they have to apply through the services to get um, ongoing eligibility for health care benefits because eligibility for TRICARE is not determined by TRICARE but determined by the service. So, is, that, is that something that it, there's a specific amount of time associated with that or is it that they're always eligible depending on their disability? It would be that they are always eligible depending upon wow. their condition. Now if wow. they would end up getting married, they would then no longer qualify for TRICARE mm -hmm. because they're no longer a dependent. They're now reliant right. on somebody else. So right. it's always that relationship of the dependency really is what you have to be looking at. Wow, that's terrific. I had understood mm -hmm. that there was a certain amount of time that they were eligible. But that's mm -hmm. phenomenal for those right. families that need that. And under CHCBP, so, there is 36 months for, um, for like unremarried former spouses. And some children, it just, again, depends upon what they're – status is. I just I hate to use that word all the time, but that's really what it is about. Yeah, super. That was that was mm -hmm. excellent. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I appreciate right. that. I didn't mean to interrupt. Sorry. Oh no, no, that's all right. And then the third scenario about if a husband gets out and what is the grace period, there's one other situation that um I thought of when that in answering that question is that sometimes when active duty members separate from the service, they continue in the reserve or they were already in the reserve and they're actually getting off active duty because of that reserve commitment time. Um, in the last few years, legislation has established what we call the TRICARE Reserve Select Program. And again, it's a premium-based program, but it is as if the sponsor is in the, um, a member of the selected reserve for the ready reserve, and they're not eligible for federal employee health care benefits, they can purchase for themselves and their family TRICARE Reserve Select coverage. And there's some National Guard, um, you have to think about National Guard and Reserve. National Guard and Reserve, National Guard are typically um, owned by the state, except when they're called up under federal orders or if they're a member of the selected reserve, which typically means that they're drilling a, a weekend and they do do their two weeks drill you know, in the summer. Um, if they're in that category, they can purchase this coverage. Now, the way it works is that you can either purchase an individual plan or a family plan. And the individual plan, you end up paying like $81, but that's only for the member. The family and the member have to be rolled in TRICARE Reserve Select. And for them, the uh, monthly premium is $253. Now, under TRICARE Reserve Select, the benefit is much like TRICARE Standard. It's not a prime benefit, but it's a TRICARE Standard benefit. So there's an annual deductible of $150 to $300, depending upon the sponsor's rank. And then there are cost shares that go along with this. Um, you have to consider that most of our um, National Guard and Reserve oftentimes have other jobs, and TRICARE Reserve Select is something that's available to them to purchase if they don't want to purchase their employer-sponsored plan and qualify for TRICARE Reserve Select. So that's kind of like three scenarios that about this grace period, a lot of the benefits depend upon how the spouse separated from the service. So those are just three scenarios that I thought of. And I think it's important to point out um, many of the questions that you'll be addressing tonight and some of them that you just you don't have enough information to address. Uh, we uh, we really should have said, you know, please make your situation very specific and very clear because, as you say, it, it varies greatly depending on your uh, the the service member's status and what the branch and and all of the all of those things. Mm -hmm. Exactly right. Yep. Yeah. Let's see. Then the next one is, um, and again, a lot of the questions when these email questions came in on the blog, I tried to pick some of the ones here initially that really kind of apply across the board. So hopefully I'll be able to get to as many as I can, but if you're wondering why I'm answering the way I am, I'm trying to answer the ones that apply to a lot of a population and aren't very restrictive. Um, the next question that came in from Amy was, when I couldn't get an appointment with my doctor at the Naval Hospital, they sent me medical care, I assume, to the civilian, and now I have to pay the bill. Well, in this particular instance, if an MTF refers a beneficiary down outside to civilian care, 
that MTF is supposed to have made sure that a referral was placed and that there was an authorization in place for that care. So Amy really has to go back to that MTF because she shouldn't she shouldn't be necessarily getting billed as long as she was enrolled in TRICARE Prime and is a active duty family member. Now, if she was seen at the MTF other than Prime or is a retiree, there may be some costs associated with it. But again, that's just how TRICARE can be sometimes. <laughs> as you had just indicated, depending upon your status and where you got care and where you're enrolled, all of that can make a big difference. But typically when somebody does go, and these are the situations that we in, in, encounter here in the customer service arena, is that when somebody does go, is referred to a civilian provider for care because the MTF can't provide it, typically what's supposed to happen is the beneficiary's primary care manager is supposed to be put in a referral saying, we can't provide this care or I can't provide this care, definitely needs to be seen by a specialist. And the first place that referral goes from that primary care manager is to the military treatment facility itself if they are at an MTF, enrolled in prime to a military treatment facility. Because military treatment facilities are the first ones that get to say, we can do this in-house, or no, we can't do this in-house. And if it ends up they can't do it in-house and they have to send you to a civilian provider, then what happens to that referral is it goes to the regional contractor who reviews the referral and makes sure that it's for a TRICARE-covered service. Once they review the referral, they typically, under TRICARE Prime, have to send you to a network provider. So um, Amy should have gotten a letter from the regional contractor saying, and I'm going to let's just say she was referred for orthopedic care. She should have gotten a letter from the um, regional contractor that said, you have been referred to doctors, Dr. Such-and-Such, such, or even a list of maybe three doctors that she can pick to go see for orthopedic care. What happens in some situations, we have beneficiaries who go and make an appointment with an orthopedic provider, but haven't made sure that that authorization is in place. So sometimes they get billed because they haven't validated that, yes, an authorization was issued to approve the care. So in some instances, what um, Amy might need to do is go back to the MTF and find out if she got an appointment before the authorization was in place and see if they can't marry up her appointment with a valid authorization. So what we recommend to beneficiaries is always make sure before you get specialty care, make sure you know there is an authorization. And a lot of our contractors have it that if you actually um, register on their websites, you can go in and see whether or not there is an authorization pending or if there has been one placed in the system. And if you don't see it, you can always call them up or call your PCM and make sure they actually got the referral in because that sometimes is a problem is that, you know, doctors are so terribly busy that sometimes they overlook that step. So it's, you know, little things can happen all along the way. But um, as to, as whether or not there should be a bill, again, a lot of it depends upon if the authorization wasn't in place and Amy was a prime enrollee and used a prime network provider but no authorization, she's basically going to pay for what we call point of service, meaning she used a network provider without a referral and she's now responsible for 50% of the TRICARE charge for that particular procedure. So again, our recommendation always, anytime you're getting specialty care, you need to make sure that there's an authorization in place to avoid any kind of costs. But she can call her regional contractor. They can look it up and they can tell her specifically as to why she's being billed and try to find out what they can do to alleviate that if it is an inappropriate bill. If it is a point of service charge, then she can be held responsible for that. Any questions about that? No, I just think that's another good point. Everybody needs to be, you know, armed with with the right information because, as you say, sometimes physicians can overlook a detail which could end up costing you. So it's very important mm -hmm. to, to be proactive in these situations to the extent possible. Okay. It's also and that's our responsibility. To, that is definitely our responsibility. And it's also our responsibility to make sure that that provider is not just um, – the provider that we choose is not just a – approved by TRICARE, but a network provider. Mm -hmm. Right. That, there's a big difference there, too. They can accept TRICARE, but not be a network provider. And that right. we've gone, we've run into situations where we were really lucky to figure mm -hmm. that out beforehand, and somewhere we weren't so lucky. Mm -hmm. Right. And there was, 
Yeah, somebody sent an email just very similar to that that says, you know, um, the doctor that she's currently getting accepts TRICARE but isn't a PCM, and what is a PCM? So I'm going to cover just a little bit of that right now, but, but it is. It's very important to distinguish what program are you in and what kind of provider can you see. Now, if you're enrolled in TRICARE Prime, the understanding is, is that you're going to get all of your routine care from a primary care manager, and we call them PCMs. But basically, that primary care manager is the one that establishes a relationship with you. They're the ones that write your referral for specialty care. They're the ones that you should make aware of. If you got put on a medication by somebody else, if you see them, you need to make sure that they're aware of that. And if they're civilian providers, they're also the ones that will file claims for you on your behalf if you are a prime enrollee. Now, a PCM can be a family practice doctor, a general practitioner, an internist, an OBGYN, but they've, they've um, signed a, an agreement with the regional contractor to say, I'm willing to serve as a primary care manager, meaning I'm willing to assume all these responsibilities for care coordination. That's what a primary care manager is. And when they do that, they become what we call network providers. When they sign that contract, they are now network providers. If you're a prime enrollee, you have to use a network provider unless one isn't available. So oftentimes you may want to see a particular doctor and you want to say, I want to go see Dr. Smith. But if Dr. Smith is not part of the network and Dr. Jones is part of the network and can provide that same specialty service, you will be always referred to Dr. Jones. Because when they sign those contracts, we, we are basically agreeing to give them some business. I mean, that's what it's all about. And it's them willing to take on all those responsibilities for care coordination and filing claims and all those other things that go along with being a prime provider. Now, if you're not enrolled in prime, we also have what we call TRICARE authorized providers. And if you think of this huge, big umbrella, the biggest part of the umbrella is TRICARE authorized. And whether you're a network provider or not, you have to be TRICARE authorized, meaning you have to be licensed. And if you are a specialist, you have to be board certified. And if there are certification requirements you have to meet, you have to do all of those things. Then under authorized provider umbrella, we have, like I said, the network providers who signed a contractual agreement to say, I'm going to be a TRICARE Prime provider. I'm going to be part of your network. I'm going to be a specialty provider in your network. Then we have what we call participating and non-participating providers. And these are TRICARE authorized providers. And if they participate, when they file a claim, they say, I'm willing to take TRICARE payment as payment in full. If they don't participate, what they're basically saying is, I'm willing to see you as a TRICARE beneficiary. However, I am going to take TRICARE payment and bill you, the beneficiary, an additional 15% of what TRICARE would pay. So let's say if he charged um, $100, and under TRICARE standard for an active duty family member, TRICARE is going to pay 80 you, the beneficiary, are going to pay 20 to get up to the $100, and then he can bill you an additional $15 because he's not willing to participate in the network. So if you're prime, you always have to make sure you're using network providers, whether it's a primary care manager or a specialist. Um, if you're standard, you have to make sure your provider is authorized. And then we recommend you ask them to participate on that particular claim. You know, tell them that you would you know, not like to have to pay an additional money out of pocket, and are they willing to participate on your particular claim. Um, with Prime, you are locked into this requirement, and you have to get referrals, and you have to get authorizations. And for some people, that really is a big hassle factor. They want to be able to go see an orthopod when they want to see an orthopod, and they want to be able to go see an internist when they want to see an internist. And for those people, standard is the better option, but they need to make sure they're using TRICARE authorized providers. So you always just have to make sure you're kind of aware of what some of the requirements are for either one of these programs. Um, any questions about that? No, but I tell you, I, we found out the hard way. It's, it's a, that extra 15% can make a big difference, so I highly recommend mm -hmm. listening in on that last part. And mm -hmm. if you missed it, play it back over. <laughs> <laughs> we were very fortunate. We ended up having the surgeon we wanted, um, wanted to take our case and actually 
made the decision to become a network provider. And that right. is huge for us. Mm-hmm. So. And that really it's a personal decision. Um, Amy had asked a similar kind of question. Um, she was calling around to try to find a TRICARE provider, and she was oftentimes told they don't take TRICARE anymore, or you know, she had a lot of difficulty now. If you're in Prime and you're looking for a TRICARE provider, your regional contractors are your best sources for that information. Additionally, each of them have on their own websites um, search methodologies where if you put in your zip code and you put in the type of specialist or if you put in that you want a primary care manager, they typically are required to list everybody that has signed a network agreement. Now, if you live in a prime remote area, which we typically define as greater than a 30-minute drive time from a military treatment facility, um, it's either greater than a 30-minute drive time or a 40-mile radius, And if you're in a prime remote area, um, the way the contracts worked is we, the government, when we wrote the requirements to be a regional contractor, we identified certain zip codes, which were typically around a military treatment facility, that we told the contractor, you have to provide a prime network in these areas. Then beyond that, for TRICARE Prime Remote, which is for active duty, active duty family members, it's the prime-like benefit in remote locations. But the requirement for that is if you can build a network in remote locations, that's what we want you to do, but we can't require the contractor to do that. So if you're in a prime remote location, if there's a network provider available, you have to use that network provider. If there isn't one, you have to use a TRICARE authorized provider. And people are, um, in some areas of the country, it's very hard to find a TRICARE authorized provider because this is really a business decision for a provider in regards to how many patients of what kind of health care plans can any of them accept. Um, TRICARE and, and Medicare are not necessarily the highest reimbursable, but the reimbursement rate is basically for TRICARE set by Congress, and Congress dictates that we have to meet Medicare rates whenever possible. Well, then a provider has to look at, okay, if I take so many Medicare TRICARE patients, I really need so many commercial patients in order to offset this. Or in some real rural communities, they don't take any kind of insurance whatsoever because they just need to be able to have income come in and can't necessarily dictate what goes on. So to find a TRICARE authorized provider is we can't maintain a list of this because a doctor could see Ginger one week and say, yes, I'm going to go ahead and take TRICARE for you, and he could see Andy the next week and not not do it. He could say, nope, I'm not going to participate in TRICARE on your claim. I'm going to go ahead and charge the 115%. Or I'm not going to see you at all because we can't dictate that providers be TRICARE providers. Now, TRICARE and the regional contractors go out and they try to build networks. Um, We've written letters to the governors and to the American Medical Association, and governors have gone out to their medical communities in the state and um, appealed to providers to take our health care benefit, especially now in our current um, operational tempo. And a lot of them have answered the call, and we're very appreciative for that. So as you as beneficiaries seek care, Sometimes it's good to have that face-to-face with a provider and really talk about what your health care needs are and outline for them kind of the relationship that you want to have with them. And as you indicated, there are some providers that once you talk to them are willing to sign up to be network providers or willing to become TRICARE authorized. And to do that, all they have to do is contact the regional contractor and the provider relations staff will work with them to make all of that happen. So as you indicate, if you can convince a provider to... Um, take TRICARE, sometimes beneficiaries are some of our best recruiters for providers because I think all doctors really are trying to do the best thing for their patients. And sometimes asking puts that heart and soul into the whole matter. So I think it's a good thing when beneficiaries are out there recruiting. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. You did a it wonderful job. definitely good for us. <laughs> um, let's see. That was, I guess, kind of in a way I answered the question. Dorsey, I'm not going to, I apologize, her last name is Dorsey Ajadwa or something. I apologize for pronunciation. That's not my forte. Um, <laughs> my name is, you're right at home. <laughs> 
Um, she and somebody else wrote about having received what they consider horrible services from a hospital that was part of the network or one of a TRICARE facility. And what we want to, the message we want to get across for people in these kinds of situations is please write the regional contractor when and if you're not getting the quality of care that you should be. If there are specifics, please make sure you what you list those specifics in a letter because what the contractor then does is goes to those facilities and actually um, sometimes they'll they'll do on-the-spot inspections if you allege that it's not really a clean place. Um, if people are rude, they sometimes try to track down who were you talking to, kind of what happened. And if the quality or the – yeah, quality is the right word, I think. If the quality of the facilities is really not what they, we want our ex beneficiaries to experience, they can sever that relationship. But unless somebody lets the regional contractor know that there are problems – it goes, you know, we're oblivious to it, and really corrective actions can't be taken. So if you do encounter a situation, you do need to write a grievance to the regional contractor. And like I said, be as specific as you can in regards to what went wrong. Um, and, yeah, and that's such a good point, and not just with this, but with everything. I mean, I do try to document to a T if I have a situation you know, what is your name, what is your supervisor's name, what time is it? Mm -hmm. That's just helpful, very helpful for in these kind of mm -hmm. situations. Right. Because sometimes it's only there's been one, there's one person that really needs to be re-educated or better informed versus sometimes you're going to actually find that there's a systematic problem that just needs to be corrected so that other people don't experience the similar sort of situation. So truly in order for improvement to occur, we really need to be made aware of those kind of situations. Um, and again, we talked about if you, if you know of another provider or in this, she refers to a center that does ankle foot center of Georgia that she would really like to see part of the network. Again, she just needs to um, have that provider contact the regional contractor provider relations department and they will go ahead and try to put them into the network. Let's see. What's the next question? Oh, then the next one talked a little bit about the difference between TRICARE and dental coverage. And this is one that we oftentimes get to in the customer service arena. And actually, we even get it before that. A lot of people assume that when they get put into the defense enrollment and eligibility system, when they get put into DEERS, they're assuming that they're automatically enrolled in Prime. And that's not the case. When A sponsor and their family members are eligible for health care benefits, what they are eligible for is our TRICARE standard benefit, which has higher co-pays and cost shares. It's basically as an active duty family, you're going to pay 20% of what TRICARE will pay for a service. Um, if you're a tri retiree, you're going to pay 25% of what TRICARE would pay for a service under TRICARE standard. You're going to have a deductible and you're going to have cost shares every time you go to the doctor. So initially, all family members are covered under TRICARE standard. The only way that you can be covered under TRICARE Prime is, first of all, you have to live in a prime service area, and secondly, you have to enroll. But what happens with dental is that's a voluntary program. Um, when Congress established TRICARE, it was congressional mandate that we established a health care benefit. For the dental program, basically, TRICARE has issued contracts, requests for proposals for dental providers to establish dental benefits for our beneficiaries. So they are two separate programs. So when you enroll in TRICARE, you are not enrolling in a dental program. You actually have to take separate actions to enroll. And there's two dental benefits. One is for active duty and members of the Guard and Reserve you have to enroll, and the way that that one typically works is that there is a cost-share split. The government pays um, like 60% and the beneficiary pays 40 and you have a premium taken out of your um, – it's an allotment taken out of your pay, or if you can't pay by allotment, you're billed for it. Um, but that's how the, the dental program works. It is not part of your TRICARE healthcare benefit. There's also a dental program for retirees, and that one is strictly based on the membership. Any money that you pay as a premium into the retiree dental program is what actually offsets the cost for your dental care. So when you look at the benefits of the two programs, they're not the same, and that's because there's a cost share, there's a cost share on the first one, but there isn't on the second one. 
So just be aware that yeah, when you sign up for TRICARE, you're not signing up for dental care, and you need to make a conscious decision to do that. So just be aware of that too. And dental care is very, very important. If you don't take care of your teeth, however, oftentimes that can lead to health care issues. So That's we really right. promote people getting dental and get their kids involved early. Um, you can start, children can start being enrolled in the dental program as young as four years of age. And we really want that. They get used to seeing a dentist. And typically, if you can get the sealants, they don't always have a lot of the dental and routine care. They sometimes don't have the bad dental outcomes that really make them afraid to see the dentist or do cause to contributing, um, contribute to underlying medical conditions. So it's really important that they do get good dental care. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Let's see. Then next, uh, Mo wrote in, why can't TRICARE follow us from duty station to duty station and just renew at the end of the year? And how can it be easier to do this? Now, typically, if you're enrolled in TRICARE Prime, it does follow you from duty station to duty station. TRICARE Prime is what we say it's portable. If you're in Prime in one location and you move to Prime in another location, you're able to continue Prime. There's no break in your coverage. However, you do have to enroll when you get to the new place because if you were prime in, let's say, I live in Falls Church, Virginia. If I'm prime in Falls Church, Virginia, and I stay within the north region and I move to prime in, um, go ahead, Francine, think of some place that is prime, Hampton, how's that? Um, I have to re-enroll because now I need to get assigned a new primary care manager. So though I maintain prime, when I come to the new location, I have to do what they call a PCM change request, which is part of an enrollment form. But all you're doing is saying, I need a new primary care manager. Now, the times Prime isn't automatic from place to place is Prime is not universal. Prime is not in every single location in the entire United States and or overseas. So you can end up moving to a location that is Prime remote. And if you're an active duty family member, you need to enroll in the TRICARE Prime remote benefit. Again, so that you can be assigned a primary care manager in that vicinity and also that when you're moving at a zip code beyond a prime area, we can process your claims as if you were prime. That's what prime remote is all about. Now, for a stand for a retiree family member, you either are prime or you're standard. Prime remote doesn't exist for you. So the time that you TRICARE doesn't carry over for you is really when you transition from one place that's prime to some place that's not, and or if you go from region to region. Now, the way the TRICARE program is set up, it is on a regional basis, and um, in that particular instance, a lot of the information is proprietary in nature, and so how you paid or what kind of care you got in one region doesn't automatically transfer to another region because it is proprietary in nature. And that is considered um, somewhat of a dissatisfier, but for those of us that have been doing this a while, we used to have like 12 regions, and there was a lot more of this having to transfer enrollments, et cetera. So three has really made that burden of having to transfer your enrollments much less cumbersome. So um, I'm looking at the time now. It's like 10 minutes to 10, and I, I'm sorry, I don't know where General Granger is at this particular point in time. <laughs> And I can either continue with the questions or if you want to take some calls, I can do that. And basically what we want to do with you, Andy and Ginger, is all the questions that were submitted, we basically have are writing up responses and have written up responses to those. And we would like to share those with you and have you post them on your blog. So anybody's questions that we didn't get to, the answer will be available to them on your site if that's amenable to you. Absolutely. We will, we will certainly do that. Okay. Uh, and I'll tell you what we could do if you want to. Um, I think Ginger had some email questions. Okay. Uh, do you want to? Do you want to um, ask those of Francine in the remaining ten minutes? Oh Ginger? gosh, I'd love to. And actually, it, I can't believe there's only ten minutes left. This is so <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> Okay, you know, and this is my what, my second interview, so I'm really thrilled. This is just tremendous information. Thank you so much. Oh, you guys are great. I, I was reading. Um, and, and I have a, a son who's a cancer survivor, so I, I spend a great deal of time in hospitals. And one yes, of the things I'm, I'm very excited about is the electronic health care records. Mm -hmm. um, 
and I and I read several articles where uh, the general talks to this issue. Um, where are we with the electronic health care records? I know some of, we were um, chatting online about it. It goes now from battlefield to home, and and from one place to another. I know some people were saying they lose in um, inpatient records like your your OBGYN records or your orthopedic records or things like that when they travel from place to place. Mm-hmm. Can you talk to the electronic health care records and how that is going to affect us as, as um, military family members? Mm-hmm, sure. Um, the electronic health care records is something that we in the military to con- continue involved, to evolve because we understand how mobile, how mobile our population is. And I think a lot of you may be going into military treatment facilities now and, you know, they scan your record in and when they're now ordering your prescriptions or your lab tests or all that, they're putting all of that into a computer. And all of that is getting captured more and more often and more and more MTFs are bringing that online. And eventually what is going to happen is if that you were stationed in Virginia and your son was getting care here and all the lab, all the lab results were in for we're in the system for him in radiology results and some doctor's summary notes, and if he had been an inpatient, a summary of that inpatient hospitalization is eventually going to be made available in a computer system, and that's the size of this thing will have to be almost enormous, but it will be available that if you move from, and again, I'm just going to say Virginia out to California, they actually will be able to transfer all those records electronically to California. Now that works as long as you're getting care within a military treatment facility. Right now, we don't have a way yet of capturing that kind of information if you're being seen on the civilian sector because they maintain their own records and their own record-keeping systems. But eventually, we're even looking to see if there is some way that we can either scan information in or as part of a possible contract um, requirement that you would put certain pieces of information into that system. Um, it's not there yet. Again, in order to get healthcare records for our 9.2 million eligible beneficiaries, there's got to be a lot of systems put into place, a lot of servers that can take this data and maintain it and at the same time also make sure that they're protecting your privacy, that the health information isn't being just available for anybody to pick up because that's not something that we want our, you know, other people to know about. So it is there, and I say it's ever-evolving. There's greater and greater abilities to share now from military treatment facility to military treatment facility. And right now, even for a lot of our wounded warriors, is that even the VA and the Department of Defense are able to share certain information in that system that when that wounded warrior transitions from active duty to a veteran status, there already is information being made available. So it is evolving, it is continuing to grow, it is an emphasis within the Department of Defense that this electronic health record, personal health record be um, as robust as it can be in the future. The other part of that whole thing too is that having a personal health record also allows you as a beneficiary to be responsible for your own health. You really need to say, okay, what is happening with me and you know what information is available to me that I can maintain my health so there's that going to be element too that you can you have some visibility of what medications are you on if you forget you know people are sometimes on 10 and 12 medications and it becomes somewhat awkward for them to remember all those things so i think it's going to be a great tool um it's coming but it's going to be slow in coming because of the volume of information that we would have to collect on everybody does that answer your question? It does. Thank you. Okay. And uh, Francine, I want to, um, Ginger, I'll, I'll let you pick back up in a moment if we have time, but uh, my switchboard tonight is a bit nondescript, and it tells me we have callers, but I don't see what I normally see. Yes, so we, will, we either have General Granger on the line or we have a <laughs> caller on the line now. Hi, mm-hmm. welcome to Spouse Buzz Talk Radio. Who do I have on the phone with me? You have Aaron. Okay, I have Aaron. Okay, so we have a caller. I'm sorry, my switchboard is blank, Aaron, so I can't normally use it the way I normally do. Well, welcome, and I, I guess you have a question for Francine. Aaron yes, is one Francine. of our uh, um, Aaron is one of our frequent spouse buzz uh, commenters, and so uh, I'll just let you pose your question to Francine. Okay, Perfect, thanks, Francine. I'm a Tricare Prime remote person, despite the fact that I live in Southern California. Mm-hmm. I'm also one of those people that's doubly covered because I'm a school teacher, so I have mm-hmm. my own insurance, and I also have a PCM. 
when do, would I see the PCM versus my own doctor? Because I've been told that I need to go to my own doctors first. Mm-hmm. And right. I, other than using the TRICARE Prime um, benefits at the pharmacy to, say, pick up the rest of my um, copay, when would I ever, you know, need to see my PCM or when would I ever need those services? Well, in a way, I guess I would – this is one where I'm going to kind of question. I'm not exactly sure why you're enrolled in TRICARE Prime Remote because this is the way it works. If if you have other health insurance, like on, under your own employee coverage, the way it's supposed to work by law again, and this is – you know, TRICARE doesn't always determine how TRICARE works. There are certain congressional mandates, and one of the congressional mandates is that if somebody has other health insurance – their other health insurance is always the primary payer. So you really should establish a relationship with a provider in your other health insurance plan, and then TRICARE becomes what we call your second payer, Hmm. meaning if you see that other provider and let's say you had to pay um, $20 out of pocket for that visit, you would file a claim with TRICARE, and then we would see would we will we pay your $20 out of pocket. Sometimes we'll pay all of it. Sometimes we'll pay a portion of it. And sometimes we don't pay anything depending upon how much your other health insurance paid and how much we would have paid if we processed the claim. Now, you being enrolled in prime remote means you really are trying to have to follow two rules of engagement. And for most of our people, when, when you have other health insurance, we say, you really have to follow the rules of your primary plan. You really okay. don't need a primary care manager with TRICARE. You use your other plan, and we pick up a second payer. Okay. Because what happens if you use, let's say you go to a TRICARE prime provider, a network provider, and if that provider isn't covered by your other health insurance, TRICARE is going to say, you need to submit this to your other health insurance. They're going to deny it, and then we have an issue with the fact yeah. that you know, you're kind of taking advantage of a dual situation. So, well, luckily, I have actually never seen my primary care manager. Mm-hmm. That's I was, good. <laughs> yeah. No, not that. I that's was, good. But. I was wondering what the purpose is and what the benefit is, mm-hmm. and how I can use my primary care manager, um, mm-hmm. even though the fact that I do have my primary insurance with my job, mm-hmm. and I wasn't and, aware of the fact that Tricare would pick up my copays for right. an office visit with my provider, so already you're giving me information that I didn't know. Right, and so there is a, um, if you go to the TRICARE website, um, there's a section that does talk about other health insurance, and you just mm-hmm. need to do that. There's a claim form that you can download, and then okay, you basically perfect. submit the statement from your other health insurance, and then TRICARE. Now, what TRICARE is going to say is that if you submitted a claim, it always has to come through your other health insurance first, and if you try okay. to use a prime network provider, they're going to say, hey, you got to follow the rules of your other plan first. Okay. So, you really, there's no advantage to you to be enrolled in in Prime. I would actually say it'd probably be better just to disenroll so that you have that flexibility of standard and can kind of go see anybody that you want, rather than having to rely on a network provider or have to follow the rules of Prime. If you have good health, is your other health insurance good? Do you like yes, your commercial plan? Yes, it is. Yeah, I would, you know, but that's your personal decision. Again, they're really probably. Um, it's probably more limiting to be prime remote because then you definitely do have to follow our rules. You have to follow your own plan rules and our plan's rules. And if you go to a provider that's part of your plan but is not TRICARE authorized, we're not going to pay anything at all. Yeah. So that, that's where it gets kind of confusing with people with other health insurance. Okay. Well, okay. wonderful, Francine. I appreciate the information. Not a problem. Thank you. Thank you. Aaron, Bye-bye. thanks for the call. Good to talk not to you. Not a problem, Andy. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right, take care. Well, I tell you what, Francine, I can't believe it's uh, 10 o'clock already. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this hour just flew by. So why don't we try and do this? Uh, we will definitely post the responses to your questions. Um, mm-hmm. Whenever you want to push those over to me, we'll do that on Spouse Buzz. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm sure the general is very busy, so we probably got got hung up uh, mm-hmm. with some with some issues. So maybe mm-hmm. we can have you both back. Mm-hmm. I'm more than willing. It's more. been enjoyable. That would be great, and we can take some more phone calls and maybe talk about some other issues. So mm-hmm. why don't we plan to do that sometime in the near future? Sounds like a great, 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 great idea. You guys are excellent hosts. You make um, people like me feel very comfortable, and so <laughs> it's a fun it's a fun hour. Like you say, it passed quickly for me, too. I was really nervous about this whole thing. It's like, oh, my gosh, what if? <laughs> <laughs> but you all did so great. Usually, usually that's the response. Oh, I'm nervous. <laughs> but I'm like, no, really, it's very comfortable. You, mm-hmm. know, you, you can even sit in your your room in your pajamas or whatever you want to do. It's very
very comfortable. But, but no, we're glad that you felt comfortable. And we, mm-hmm. once again, um, a, a lot of coordination has gone into this from your office, um, Francine. So we appreciate everyone who's worked on this. Mm-hmm. And um, we, we will definitely uh, coordinate uh, uh, to have you back. Well, thank you. And I, I'm more than willing to do that and entertain uh, questions. Again, if, if there's anybody that has a particular question or a pressing issue and if they want you to forward information to my office, um, we're more than willing to work one-on-one if somebody really is in dire situation or is just you know totally frustrated and has no idea where to go. If they want to go ahead and release their content information to you to forward to us, I'm also willing to take those kinds of situations. Wonderful. That's great. So you heard that, folks. If you have a an urgent uh, matter, I'll be happy to get that over to Francine's office, and we can see if we can work that for you. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Well, Francine, we will uh, definitely be in touch. And again, thank you very much, and I hope you have a nice evening. Yes, and thank you very much. Wonderful, wonderful experience. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. And Ginger, thank you very much for co-hosting tonight. It was nice to have you back on the air. It's been a while. I know. It has. Thank you for having me. We'll do it again, huh? Okay. Yeah, okay, I only I got one question asked. I have like 30. <laughs> I know. Well, the time flies. It always flies, you know. And we, we could really do two-hour shows, I think. But um, I want to remind everybody that next Thursday we're going to start a fascinating series on PTSD, looking at uh, looking at it from every possible angle. Uh, Rochelle and uh, Karen are going to be hosting that series. It's a four-part, two-night series. So the first part will be next Thursday, February 14th, and then they'll pick up the second part um, on uh, the following Thursday, February the 21st. So um, make sure to tune in for that. That's going to be a really great series with some experts here to talk to us, all things PTSD. And we have um, a great lineup. We're already fully booked through March. And just want to remind everybody, if you haven't signed up for the Spouse Bus 411, go to the blog, look at the instructions on how to do that, and uh, sign up for it. Our first one just went out yesterday, so um, we're really cranking up on that. So once again, thank you for joining us tonight, and we will see you back here next Thursday night. And between now and then, we'll see you at SpouseBuzz.com. Have a good evening. Good night.